You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 263 and 264 of Fed by Ravens, Hmm. where we are engaging in the oral tradition. We're just talking about the scriptures, and this is what people would do for uh, at least... At least a couple thousand years, where you're uh, before the before the printing press, and uh, you would talk about things, and this is how you pass the st- the story of God to your kids, keeping uh, our stories engaged and involved and interwoven in God's story. So, let's do it. Our Old Testament reading for today is Isaiah chapters 47 through chapter 51, verse 16. All right, Babylon is going to be humiliated. Boom. And that's pretty much 47. (laughs) Next. Next. (laughs) What's cool about it is God says to Babylon, look, you were kind of a a mistress to me. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird when talking about God, but the idea is he used Babylon as a tool of, um, of cleansing, really, for his people. Mm-hmm. And so Babylon confused that and thought they were really great, and they confused all their victory with um, or ascribed it to their divination of astrology and yeah. their charms and all these things. And God has to say, no, you're going to be the people of dust, silence, darkness. There is no one to save you. It's really a tragic verse. Like there's a verse in there that just says, you are lost forever. <laughs> In that stuff. It will never save you. So, again, Babylon, thank you, but your end will come near. Your usefulness will be done. And uh, But consider it a great honor that you were used by God and realize that whenever God uses anything or anybody, he also extends an invitation to you. Mm -hmm. And so you are not left totally alone, um, but there is an invitation to repent and come to the true God. Yeah, it is... For me, like reading it, I was like, man, that is kind of a scary idea where this, at the height of this kingdom, you really do believe, like, this kingdom's going to last forever. Like, we're going to do this forever. It's going to be like this till the end of time. Like, how could this ever end? And then it always does, and it always comes crumbling down because God decides the order of nations. Anyways, so fascinating. That, also, again, though, I, I, I have to point out that Isaiah's writing about all this stuff before Babylon's even really a thing. Right. So the original audience is just going, okay. What? It's really beautiful stuff. If you can hear it and if you can see what Isaiah's saying, it's like, whoa. I mean, again, for the people of God, this is comfort. Right. And so... It leads in, actually, that idea leads into chapter 48, where God's saying, look, I'm telling you these things because I've always wanted to be very clear to you. So when these things come to pass, you can't just be like, oh, my idols did this. Yes. Isn't that interesting? He says that. He goes, I I told you these because I knew you would ascribe Mm -hmm. it to your idols. Or if they happen and you're like, God, you never told us about this. Yeah. I can be like, no, I've been telling you about this for hundreds of years. But when he says ascribe it, the it is 
glory and destruction. destruction. Mm-hmm. So like you ascribe it all to your idols when mm-hmm. bad things happen. I mean, my daughter just got a, she's been getting these chain emails. Like it's being passed around the middle school. These emails that say like, if you pass this on, oh. you'll find love and you'll be blessed. If you, do, if you don't pass this on, you'll be cursed for 15 years in poor relationships. So I was teaching my daughter how to break that. I go, look, it's nothing, but it's just, uh, we can break that easily by saying, God, you're in charge of relationships, so I don't want to even be scared because I'm not going to pass this on. Right. right. And you don't have to. But so the don't, don't think that they're only ascribing the good things to, we don't ascribe only the good things to our idols. Mm-hmm. The idols end up, we start going, oh, things are going poorly because our idols are unhappy and we have to right. solve some riddle. And God is saying through the prophet, there is no riddle. Mm-hmm. There is truth. I am the God of the universe. I am the maker. I have made the universe. I've laid it out. So turn to me. And he says, uh, actually, listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. My Mm -hmm. hand laid the foundation of the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. So listen. And guess what? I love you. Yes. That's where he comes here. Uh, I love you. There is no peace for the wicked. It's reserved for my the people who I put my love on yeah, and those people who respond to it get peace. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see the section on uh, the three, there's like three servants mm-hmm. and uh, you have, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you have to read it carefully, but uh, here's, here's a nugget. I think you'll like, I'm offering this to you. Matt. All right, go for it. He makes the promise of a new servant and he has already listed like Babylon was a servant. Yes. Okay. Cyrus is going to be a servant. Yes. And then there's going to be this new servant mm-hmm. who's Christ. And I realized in a new way today that God always uses kings to save his people. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. That's what, it. Whether so like, they're eternal, internal or foreign. So like even like a mm-hmm. Moses or an Abraham, like they're the king of the people. Like Abraham's the yes. king early on, or yes. Adam is the king of that little... Mm-hmm. He's using the person who represents everyone, the leader, to defend. He's all, and, but he can't find a suffering servant. So here's the epiphany, though, for me. Right. He'll always use kings. So he, he used um, Babylon, used Cyrus. But then Jesus, the king of kings, comes to save. Only this time, he will give himself as the instrument of God's wrath. Yes. Yes. So like the kings are used to bring the law and mm-hmm. gospel, right? So they'll protect you, but they'll But what's so cool about Jesus is he's the king who comes and he does the unthinkable of a king and says, "I'm not going to take your sons. I'm not going to uh, get us involved in fights and have to constantly do all this stuff. I'm going to give I'm going to be the ultimate suffering servant because I am the true king of the world. I can die and though I die, I can be raised up mm-hmm. so that you can be led into exile by others, but I will bring you back. Anyway, I just never connected like how important it is that Jesus is our king. I mean, I have through king, you know how it is. Every day it's like you read right. you read this stuff and it's like brand new because your spirit is like, oh, it's feeding me. It's like this piece of bread, I've never had bread this good. Well, you probably have, but today it just tastes so good, <laughs> you know? So one of the things that like kind of jumped out at me at on in chapter 48, Verse 16. Yeah, 16. That's the one for me, too. Uh, Draw near to me. Hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now, 
the Lord has sent me and his spirit. Yes. And so there's buried in here, again, this idea that the Lord is sending a servant. Mm -hmm. So it's coming from the Father. The servant is coming with the spirit of God. So again, we have like a cool little Trinity appearance here. Yep. And the Lord's going, I've been talking about this and making it very clear. My word is being very clear to you from the beginning of time. And I've not been trying to hide this idea that I'm going to redeem you. Well, let's just get into it, man. I mean, I'm going to redeem you. I am going to profit you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm, you are mine. Peace is going to be like a river. Your righteousness mm-hmm. like waves of the sea. Your offspring will be like the sand. Like, it, it's kind of look back to your roots and then look to something new. So the roots are, remember what I did in the desert. Remember who mm-hmm. I am. I am the God of peace and life, and I will be with you and bring you out of all of this. And then in 49, I mean, he straight up is saying, like you were telling me earlier today, Isaiah is the first real evangelist, right? Yes. And yeah, so in 49 and 50, he gets very clear about this servant that's coming. And yes, some of it is talking, you could attribute some of this to Cyrus and what Cyrus does, but not all of it. It's like clearly talking about a greater servant to come. And so you have, the Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named me my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. Like just this idea that God has had this idea of a redeemer. Like he himself is going to redeem his people. I will make you as a light for the nations. Yes. That my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. How do you think God's going to do that? Yeah. Uh, what does he say? Oh man, he says something earlier there. Yeah, the it's, whole the whole thing yeah, is so great. It's so good. I have um, and thirteen through eighteen. Everyone should just read it. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, mm-hmm. O earth. And he's just talking about the coming Christ and how there's a beautiful description uh, through fifteen cha- uh, chapter forty nine fifteen kind of through I don't know the end, but he's like God won't forget his children. Right. You know, he's not going to forget you. Um, he's engraved your name on his hands. Mm-hmm. So you're a child. He says you're a bride. He's engraved your name. Like he's tattooed our names on his hands. Like he's not going to forget us. And you know what I thought about too yeah. was the crucifixion. Oh, and thank how, you for that. How Christ yeah. has, Duh. he bears the marks. How did I miss that? Of our punishment like he bears the marks of god's wrath on his body for us he has not forgotten us and he doesn't remove the marks like even in his resurrected body you silly genius (laughs) of course he oh my goodness it says right there he says it's verse 16 behold i have engraved you on the palms of my hands yes now i know you know they put it through the wrist but but still it's like he bears the marks of us that is you and me and he bears them forever so he does not forget us isaiah is saying look those who will Mm -hmm. wait on the lord because this again this is 100 years ahead you will not be ashamed i know god is going to redeem you and it's the same message to us today believe in deliverance believe that god is true what he's saying is true and if it's true he's going to deliver us from all of our sins and from all of our, the death that surrounds us, and all of the mourning, and mm-hmm. all the sadness, and all the longing to be right. Yeah. And then chapter 50, these, I love these chapters. Uh, basically, again, it's sinners need not despair. Mm-hmm. Behold, your sins are atoned for. And the idea that I got was, 
it's dangerous to refuse forgiveness. Right. Have you ever met someone who refuses forgiveness? Or have you ever refused? Sometimes I think I've done it to myself. Like, well, God, you can't forgive yourself. Yeah, you just can't. You refuse mm-hmm. it. And someone's like, hey, I forgive you. I know, but I just want to pay. I'm so sorry. And I, I can't. Oh, you probably won't like me. Well, that's, the, that's like the parable of the, the servant who's forgiven the giant yes, debt yes, and yes. then goes around trying to collect all right. the debts from the other because he can't live in the forgiveness that he's just received. So you refuse forgiveness from God, but then you also refuse because you don't believe forgiveness mm-hmm. really works. So therefore, you can't forgive others. So even though your debt has been... Mm-hmm. totally wiped away you go around collecting from people as if you're going to try to pay back god. god yeah yeah so 50 is kind of too an uh prophesying what's going to happen when cyrus finally is like hey everyone can go back to jerusalem yeah. people the the jews the remaining people of israel were slow to go back and he's like why why are there any why is there no man when i call yeah why is no one responding to this and so, again, he's even saying, talking about a future problem of, like, it's going to be too good to tr- be true. Yes. Like, you guys are going to be unable to re- receive this good news that this foreign king is allowing you to go back and funding you to rebuild your city and temple. I mean, it's the ultimate, mm-hmm. like, dream. Yeah. A pagan king's going to pay for us to come back? We've just been taking... Right, because right. God's in control of all things. Yeah. And that's what he's saying in 50. I mean... Um, it's going to be through the servant's obedience. Well, and then, man, there's like, in 50, there's just an amazing uh, thing about the ultimate servant who's going to suffer again, yeah. for, for the sake of his people. And, uh, but then I love the idea because there's like this idea of a relationship that the servant's going to have with God. That morning by morning he awakens. Mm-hmm. He That's awakens it. my ear to hear as those who are taught and so this idea that this servant will awaken every morning to the voice of God I mean, because he's so close. Let, let me just quote Isaiah. It's kind of like your little uh, engraved in the palms mm-hmm. connection. It's like, oh, yeah, duh. Well, what does this sound like? The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Mm-hmm. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Mm-hmm. But the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced therefore and it goes on i mean yeah it's just this is jesus jesus suffered and but imagine reading this without knowing about jesus Mm -hmm. you're like it's gonna crush you because like could i do that yeah because at this point you're thinking oh we we the people are have to be like this or we need a king who will be like this is what they're we're we're thinking individual they're thinking more corporate because like yeah the whole world before the last 200 years was corporate Mm -hmm. so they're thinking who is going to be our champion to do mm-hmm. this. And we're thinking, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And what God is literally saying is, no, there's one coming who will be so in sync with the voice of God that he'll walk through this not being disgraced. Mm-hmm. If I'm spit on and mocked and impoverished and being murdered by everyone I'm trying to love, I would feel disgraced and like a failure. But Christ knows the heart of God. Anyway, beautiful. So right. trust the Lord. I had verse 10, yeah. Verse 10 was, uh, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. So you might be in darkness today. You might be in confusion. Trust the Lord. 
And then we only get 16 verses through uh, chapter 51. Right. But it's more comfort for God's people. Yeah, it is. When you seek God, this is where he says, look to your roots. Like, mm-hmm. be connected to the faith and the provision of Abraham. And um, I. So, again, the one that jumped out to me is verse 12, where, again, he's stating who he is. He uses the I am statement. And he says, I, I am he who comforts you. And just, again, he's just very going, look, I've... I've punished you, but it's for the purpose of bringing you back to me. Again, it's for the purpose of refinement. It's for, because you guys lose sight of who I am and the life I have for you. I'm here to comfort you. Exactly. That's the beauty of it, is uh, he's comforting us. And in verse 3, the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and yeah. makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert, like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Here's what's so cool. It goes along with the comfort. Mm-hmm. All her waste places. Yeah. Since we are individualistic, you can apply this individually. Mm-hmm. All your waste places. All those pockets of the day where you do the thing you don't want to do, where you eat the bag of chips and you don't work out, mm-hmm. or where you sin, mm-hmm. and then you, re- he will make all those waste places like Eden. Yeah. He'll he'll put so he'll restore all those desert places where we've <laughs> exiled ourselves away know. from the presence of God. He enters into that exile and makes it a place of blessing. Why? How? He does it because he loves us, mm-hmm. and that's where he ends. Like uh, the the last verse for today's reading is, "You are my people." So his motivation is, "You're my people. I love you," and he can do it because he's the God of the whole universe. Yes, and he's found a way to be with us. The Lord will comfort us. Boom. Thanks, Isaiah. We need that today for Woo! sure. And the same is to us. Uh, it was to them in a context of uh, upheaval and all that. And it's the same to us. We can't look to our political leaders for eternal comfort. We must look to the Lord. And he promises to deliver us in the death and resurrection in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. New Testament passage for today is Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 through chapter 6. We finished another book today. It's also day 264. I want to ring ring that bell so badly. You can't ring it yet. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. All right. So we are... (sighs) All right. Shifting now to the Word of God. to serious time. You know, Paul kind of keeps the idea of Isaiah. He's very connected to Isaiah. You know why? Why? Because the gospel is the same. Oh, yeah, that's why. The gospel is the gospel. And so whether it's Isaiah, like, I don't know, 400 years or more, 600 years earlier. Yeah. You know, I don't know, 600-something years earlier. It's the same for Mm -hmm. Paul. And it's the gospel, and it's the only thing that saves. The gospel is in opposition, not opposition. It's in concert with the law. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to see, Paul. Because remember, Paul is going, there are people trying to draw you back into living under the law yeah so again they're reversing the order of law and gospel and they're going gospel law and it's a deadly combination when you go gospel law 
it crushes you. Yes. And it's even more confusing because mm-hmm. you think you're holy mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go. After mm-hmm. gospel law, there's nowhere to go but be devastated right. and lost. And and it's also this idea of, and what we're really going to get into today is this idea that there's a theology of glory. And so we it's up to us to glorify God right. versus the theology of the cross where... All the glory of God is found in the foolishness of the cross. Right. So the important thing with that is Mm -hmm. always ask yourself when you're listening to the word of God or preaching or talking to yourself, praying, Mm -hmm. you want to end up where all the glory is in God and in Christ's cross. Yes. That's it. So uh, if the glory is, and here's what I mean, if, if you will feel the glory or feel great, because you didn't sin, or you're going to do better, and you mm-hmm. feel better now because you're going to do, that's not the proper theology, according right. to Paul. Right. He wants you to always come back to what Christ did on the cross. That will always comfort you. So mm-hmm. all glory goes to God, and all comfort comes to us, the people. Yes, when um, we cry out. So this help. is why Paul, in this section, is going, who led you astray? Like a little leaven mm-hmm. leavens the whole lump. Like all it takes is a little bit of something gross in my water mm-hmm. for me not to want to drink any of the water. Right. Or even you pretending to put something in my water. I'm like, that's enough for me to just switch it out. Well, you haven't noticed yet, so. Yeah, I'm watching. <laughs> and so he straight up says, "Is it? Are, are we saved by the cross or are we saved by circumcision? Right. Yes, and so he's saying, uh, don't get confused. Don't get messed up here. Yeah. Like, I know the people are coming, and they're like, yeah, great, you know Jesus, but um, you still have to to really please him. You have to follow the law, and the so, first step is to get circumcised. So let's bring this home Yeah, in a, a way. So it's it all sounds good mm-hmm. if I'm like, hey, God saves you, and he loves you. And now... You gotta really love people. You need to... Yeah, you need to serve people, or let's do something kind of, it's not silly, but it used to be something like, so now, don't ever drink alcohol. Okay. Okay? God saved you. That's good news. Mm -hmm. And Jesus died for you. Now, because God saved you, don't drink alcohol anymore. He saved you, so don't drink alcohol. Now, that sounds all right. Like, yeah, oh, wow, good message. I have been drinking a little too much. (laughs) But that is what Paul is saying, no. Mm-hmm. Cause see, Paul's not against circumcision. He's not mm-hmm. like he's like it's a thing. I don't. It, I it, mean, he does. Yeah, I mean, he's circumcised. He ends up circumcising Timothy. Right, and that's why when you read Paul, realize his heart here is to reorganize the law and the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he's saying you must go law first and then gospel. So to correct that sermon right. is, hey guys, you're drinking too much. Don't right. don't drink so much. It's not good for you. Oh, you're right. I feel bad. But Christ has forgiven you for your drunkenness, and he's mm-hmm. been sober on your behalf, and you are forgiven. You're mm-hmm. a child of God. And now stand up in the soberness of Christ and right. go forward. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it. See, that's, that's gospel. Mm-hmm. That's law gospel. And so you need to hear. Don't drink some. So Paul gets into it with circumcision because that is the thing that's being used as a proof in a world where we need proof mm-hmm. um, of our faith, he says, they're saying, get circumcised. And right. then Paul straight up, he's a man after my own heart, <laughs> he just straight up says, you know what? I wish those guys would uh, mutilate themselves. Yeah. 
And he said he's using emasculate in some yeah. translations, mutilate in others. And he, he's saying, I wish they'd circumcise themselves away from Christ mm-hmm. because they're ruining your faith. Right. They're putting a, uh, they're putting a heavy yoke on you mm-hmm. in the name. And, it, and within Christianity, it's so important for Paul because it feels right. Like that kind of accusation, like you have the truth of mm-hmm. Jesus, like just believing that Jesus died and rose again and then putting the works of law on you kind of feels right. But that's right. religion. Right. You know, and Paul's like, can't do it. But he is for the law. Yeah, because he says, look, uh, you were called for to freedom and the whole law, if you're worried about yeah. what the law says, the whole law is summed up in love your neighbor. This is the genius. I mean, he says, but through love, serve one another. For the whole law is one word. Love your neighbor as yourself and love God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't get any more Jewish Uh than that. That's the summary of the 10 words, Mm -hmm. the Decalogue. And so uh, he ends by saying, look, I know you're concerned with the law and circumcision is a small part of that. But the law, even before the law, Mm -hmm. is the children of promise who love the Lord their God and love each other. So stop biting each other and devouring one another like those road vultures do, some roadkill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's what we do to each other, trying to figure out who's who's right and who's wrong, and we devour the character of other people and like judge if they're saved or not saved. And that's what happens when you go gospel law. You start judging other people because mm-hmm. you're trying so hard not to drink, and then I see you drinking in your Christian freedom, and I'm like, hey, I don't even know if he loves Jesus. You're right. Yeah, and so then he even follows that up, though, and I know it's like, it's usually broken up in our Bibles, but yeah. it's still a, a continuing thought of, this is the whole law, is love one another. Yes. But you do this by walking in the Spirit. Yes. It's not from your own strength. It's not now, now that you're saved, now you have to love one another. It's no, you've been saved to love one another, and you now have this, because the Spirit is now working in you. You cannot accomplish this love for God and one another mm-hmm. apart from the spirit of God. Yes. So like the flesh, when you operate in the flesh, so let's use circumcision and works of the flesh, that actually keeps you from doing what you want to do. Yes. Because it's always exposing how you're not getting there. Right. And I was using the example because he says, you know, if you, if you break one part of the law, mm-hmm. it's life and death. If I'm a tightrope walker and I get 98% across the tightrope and then slip up at the end, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. There is no, well, he... He got pretty far. You're dead. Yes. That's the law. And so that's what the flesh does. It keeps you from getting across the, the tightrope. It keeps right. you. To, but the spirit produces fruit. The spirit carries you across the tightrope. That ends up carrying out the whole law. Right. Yes. And then that law is freedom, not mm-hmm. fear. Right. So like now, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, under the gospel, you're operating under freedom, not mm-hmm. fear. And you live by the Spirit, which then he leads into the fruits. Here's the yes. fruits of that Spirit. So the fruits of the flesh is all this dark stuff, right? Right. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, drunkenness, division, envy. I mean, all that stuff is in the flesh. Yeah. And it tears apart, isolates you. Uh, but the Holy Spirit brings you the fruit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all these things. And then he says this great line about against such things there is no law. I know. I love that. You know, I was thinking about that. Like, right. There's no law against the fruit of the Spirit, which means you can't ever abuse it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't ever uh, overdo it. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
if I overdo love or joy or overdo peace, it's like, oh man, I need to slow down. Whereas the things listed on the works of the flesh, I mean, you shouldn't be doing a lot, any of those, but you can overdo it. They'll destroy, they'll hurt, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll just an end to it. But there is no end to love, joy, peace. There's no law. Mm-hmm. I know. It's pretty, pretty great. Cool. It's really cool. There's a lot of freedom. So, yeah. And then again, he comes back to, so walk by the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and don't envy one. Like, he wants the community to be together around the gospel, right. not around the works of the flesh. Right. And then, because then he continues and he's like, look, if you are, if you do sin. Yes. Restore each other with gentleness. I know. Because again, he's like, he's like giving you a little bit of law. Like, don't be conceited. Don't tear each other apart. Right. But make allowances for one another's sin. Like, restore one another. Be gentle with one another. Forgive one another. It's very, like, again, he's just being like, because Christ has given you this. Well, that's the thing. He's saying, you take care of your own weakness. So bear one another's burdens, burdens. but bear your own. Yeah. So, like, recognize your sinful... Because remember, sin is a condition. Think Mm -hmm. of it as, like, a terminal illness Mm -hmm. that you're managing until we get totally healed and go... a genetic disorder. And so you're managing this terminal illness mm-hmm. called sin. So take care of yourself. So where I get angry mm-hmm. and I have anger issues, I need to go to the Lord, be forgiven. Now, under the control of the Spirit, I will be forgiving and gentle to you when you lose your anger and I right. recognize it because I struggle with it. Right. And I don't go, you should stop being angry. It's like, no, bear your own burdens. Let God bear your burdens and then help others, mm-hmm. lead them to Christ where he will let them go. Um, and the idea was on a plane you know it's the old oxygen mask like they tell you oh yeah put on your oh, oxygen yeah. mask first and then, and then the child yeah. which seems counterintuitive like right. I gotta save the child well you're passed out from lack of oxygen the child will uh, pass out as well right <laughs> so and we don't need a child not knowing what to do so he moves then to some pretty great verses that I've almost always taken out of context. Yes. Previously to I this think, reading. Uh, I've always taken these verses out of context. Because uh, again, the whole thing of Galatians is he's addressing a false teaching mm-hmm. that has cropped up within the churches of Galatia. And he's reminding them, hey, uh, listen to the truth. Value those who speak the truth. And so in verse 6, he says... Because even if an angel preaches something, don't believe him. Even if I preach something, don't believe me. I'm with Peter. Don't believe Peter if he does something like this. Yes. He's like, so when people do teach the truth, respect that. Take care of those. So he says, the one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Yeah. And so that's the framework for the rest of this... The chapter, end, yeah. and he's saying, look, honor those who teach the word. Yeah. Respect those who teach the word. And he says, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And oh, where does he go? He says, uh, do not let us grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so he's saying, like, look, the teachers, when they spread the word, they, they will reap the things that the word produces. And if you, receiving the word, do not sow back into those people, you will reap corruption. Well, he even says, you skipped the little part, because I know you were trying to make a point, and you did. Good job. 
Thank you. Um, with the, you sow to the flesh, you'll reap the corruption of the flesh. And I think he's making a play on the people who are leading them from the gospel yes. are trying to get them to rely on a little piece of flesh, flesh. in yes. circumcision. Yes. And all you reap from that, you sow into that, and all you'll reap is corruption. Like it's a dead piece now, of skin. Now you miss, yeah. Dead flesh. Yes. And so he's like, take care of the people who are about the gospel. Right. The people who lead you to the cross, not circumcision. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, um, do good to everyone. So then as we have every opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially those who are of the household of faith. So Paul, remember, is eager to help the poor in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And here it's like, keep supporting the gospel, right. period. And those who, um, who proclaim it and those who, who are, are under, under it. it. That's who we support. That's who we give money to. That's who we want to help. Because the people outside of the gospel are under, in stubbornness, under a false god. And mm-hmm. so how do you help people under uh, a different god? You give them the law. <laughs> you say, <laughs> You hey, allow them to deal with their consequences. There's a good god over yeah. here. And then when they repent, they get the gospel. Right. Um, and so we've often used these verses to say, oh, it's, we don't just help other Christians. We help everybody in our community. Mm. But no, Paul is saying, you help Christians because they are under the gospel and we are about the right. gospel. And every other system is about the flesh. And uh, it's saying what you have to do mm-hmm. to be secure in your salvation. And no, we're not about that. Now, right. the rest of the Bible, guess what? Guess what happens when people take care of um, the people under God? It becomes a light to the world. It becomes an invitation to the world to be fed and to be loved. And there's an overflow. So if I'm being nice to the community of faith here, guess what? Community of faith has neighbors, and we're not going to withhold good things from people who are around and who willingly are open to us. But Mm -hmm. if you're a card-carrying, pagan, atheist, don't like God, hate God, yeah, it's going to be hard for us to give you good things other than saying, hey, God loves the world, and we believe Jesus died for you. And they're like, ha-ha. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get caught up on thinking, oh, to be a good Christian, I have to save the world. Nope, that's the work of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't even save yourself. And that's why at the end of it, at the end of it, he says, um, nope, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by yes. which the world has been crucified to me. Yes. An eye to the world. An eye to the world. Whenever he talks about being crucified, think of your baptism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've been dunked You've been washed, you've been had water poured over you, and you, that has died, and the new has, has been risen. He says, mm-hmm. for neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. That's what he's trying to say. This isn't about circumcision, guys, or drinking, or whatever the issue is. It's about the gospel, and he says, but a new creation, that's what counts. Mm-hmm. And you are a new creation because of the cross. Right. Um, so you walk by this, have peace, mercy upon those who are under the cross. And uh, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Because it's tempting to look at our own works. It's tempting it to want to say I'm good or bad based on how I did yesterday mm-hmm. and let it affect my whole relationship. But really, I just need to look at the cross. Another book is over on our march to Revelation. <laughs> Revelation. Okay, we're not there okay. yet. Okay, hold here. on. I can't wait to ring the bell. <laughs> Let's move on, though. All right. Some more good news. Our psalm for today is Psalm 109. 
uh, verses 1 through 20. And this is a psalm of David, but I do want to make a note that this is the psalm that Peter quotes to replace Judas uh, when they're trying to find a, a 12th person after Judas kills himself. And so think about Judas when I read this psalm. It's pretty intense. Be not silent, O God, of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me. I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may be cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and the needy and brokenhearted and put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. Boom! You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll see you next time on the episode that is almost uh, 100 days from being done.